0: Thank you, Bill. Thank you, choir. Very much. On the cover of your bulletin is a picture that I want you to have in your mind. I want you to have that picture in your mind. So, just look at that for a second and think about it. We all have pictures stuck in our minds. I can close my eyes. And I can see some things from my past, some are good things, and some, well, not so good. I can see being baptized. I remember sitting somewhere, Barbara right around there, coming out, joining the church, and being baptized. Right there. I can I see that. I remember my mother's funeral in this place. So there's some things that I remember vividly from my past from here. Although Jeannie and I have been married for 32 years, Uh, I remember the first time I ever saw her. It's pretty sweet. (laughs) You don't need to tell them the story, but I do remember the first time that I ever saw her. The the days my children were born, I remember that vividly. Uh, Saying I do at First Baptist Church of St. that was interesting. Uh, My dad was one of the ministers doing our wedding and and Jeannie's pastor. And I remember Daddy telling me you may kiss your bride. And I told Jeannie before the wedding it's going to be a brief peck because my Daddy's standing right there. And I wanted to turn to my Daddy and say, you've been telling me all my life not to kiss girls in church and now you're telling me it's okay. And so I I remember (laughs) that. I remember the last time I saw my father August 30th, 1983 walking down the back steps of our house and start with be not realizing that he'd be in heaven within the next 48 hours. So we all have things that, that we can picture that we remember. Psalms 23.5, we're continuing our study in the 23rd Psalm. Psalms 23.5 is a beautiful picture. The closest I could find is on the cover of your book. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil; my cup runs over. Say that with me.
1: You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies.
0: You anoint my head with oil; my cup runs over. (coughs) Father, is you inspired your shepherd David to write these? Inspire us through the Spirit of God to receive them and to know them and to live them. You are a great shepherd, the great, the only shepherd. And sometimes the sheep were not so good. Sometimes we do better than others. So help us this day. Verse 5 can be looked at a couple of different ways. Uh, first, let's look at it as sheep, because David the shepherd knew a lot about sheep, and so let's look at this from their point of view. To a sheep, the table mentioned here, and back to the front of the bulletin in that picture right there, you, you know it by now. The table mentioned here is actually not a table at all, as we know tables. It's a plateau in the highlands that the shepherd takes his pl- flock to for the summer. In the southwest, if you've lived in the southwest, they call these high flat, pristine areas a mesa. So that's what the table is referring to from the sheep's point of view. Before the sheep are led to this table, the shepherd goes and he prepares the land for them. He'll find the very best grass for the sheep, he'll remove poisonous weeds or Dangerous obstacles there on that plateau, on that table for the sheep. He'll check for any predators and remove them so that he can protect the sheep. We might think of their predators being uh, lions or some kind of a bobcat or a wolf or something like that, a bear. David said he killed. remember, both lion and, and the bear in his younger days. But there's another great enemy, the sheep, and the most dangerous uh, for the sheep are nasal flies. And it, it's exactly what it sounds like. They'll come into the sheep's nose and lay an egg up in their mucous membrane of their cavity. I'm sorry, I won't go too far with this. They'll hatch and then they'll crawl up into the sheep's head if not guarded, if not taken care of. And the sheep will go blind or, or they'll go insane. And that's probably the biggest enemy to the sheep. So what's the shepherd do? He anoints their head with oil. He gives them protection by covering them to stop that dreaded enemy from hatching. So what kind of a cup does a sheep have to run over? We've talked about this in the weeks behind. Sheep aren't the smartest of animals, and if they get in running water, and there's a lot of stream coming, And it gets their wool, and it'll take them, and they can't swim, they can't get out of it, and they're in trouble. And so what the shepherds would do when they're preparing the table, when they're getting that ready, is they would take a chisel and a mallet and actually chisel out a rock that had diverted some water from the stream so that the stream's always coming to this rock, and there's a bowl there, and the sheep always has something to drink. And because it's from the stream, it's away from the stream, but the stream is provided for it, it runs over. They can't drink it dry. It is always running. So that's the picture that is going there. A good shepherd could locate and provide a cup that overflowed for the sheep. So you prepare a table before me in the presence of man, and that means you anoint my head with the oil, my cup runs over. That's a great truth for the sheep. But. There's another level here, and that's one of the amazing things about Scripture, the levels that are there that apply to us in all sorts of different ways. It's a level where David is the sheep and God the Almighty is the shepherd. That's relevant, too, uh, for us. So let's look at another picture now of you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. you I know I had with all my cup runs over. In the ancient world, when King was victorious in battle, there was a custom of having a ceremonial dinner in the presence of your conquered enemies. There's a story from Judges chapter 1 that talks about just an event. Judges chapter 1, verses 1-7. to After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. And so the men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, Join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us. Then we'll help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went with Judah. When the men of Judah attacked, the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and the Perizzites. They killed 10,000 enemy warriors at the town of Bethel. While at Bethel, they encountered King Adonai Bezek. They fought against him, and the Canaanites and Perizzites were defeated. Adonai Bezek escaped, but the Israelites soon captured him and they cut off his <coughs> thumbs and his big toes. That was something that they did back then. <laughs> Some of them you can't fight again. You can't grip a sword and your toes. You can't run in the battle. So that's what they do. Adonai, in verse 7 said, I, I once had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, eating scraps under my table. Under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They took him to Jerusalem. And so you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies is a picture of defeated enemies. And you're on the plateau, and you're up, and they're defeated. And that's a beautiful picture. Forget the toe and thumbs, though. That's not real good. But it's a defeated enemy, and that's a, a good thing. Good thing. So the question is, in 2015, how about a, what's that mean to us? Well, let me ask you a question: What's your enemies? What are your enemies? Because the only deliverance you're going to have from any kind of enemy you're facing is for God to intervene and turn it over to God and let Him deal with it. And so we have some in common. An enemy could be doubt. God changes. Doubting Thomas, he had to get a new name after he realized the resurrected Christ. So maybe that's an enemy. Anger, we see that as enemies to people. James and John changed from sons of thunder to people of love. Fear, that's an enemy to some people. Peter went from fear to boldness. Depression, anxiety. Those are real enemies that I dealt with friends this week. The disciples were all hiding in an upper room, upper room not even wanting to leave. And then they had kind of the resurrected Christ. Impure thoughts—a problem in our society. David wrestled with that and had to get through it. We can all probably fill in the blank about the enemies that we have that rob us of that position on the plateau, that position on the table that really means something to us. We can get down there with our enemies if we're not careful. Whatever it is, just as those flies come into the sheep and lay eggs there, so too does to Satan lay eggs in our head that will mess us up if we allow them to grow. Doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, you're still going to be under attack. Look what John chapter 10 verse 10 says. John 10:10 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's his purpose, to mess you up. Satan, the enemy, the devil. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But the thief wants to plant thoughts in our head. Does this sound familiar? You're not good enough to do what God asked you to do. You're not smart enough. You're not trained enough. Remember what happened in your past. Am I hitting any buttons here? We've, we've all had those voices hit us, those eggs trying to get in our heads. If we let them hatch, we're in trouble. But God anoints us as a sheep is anointed with oil the. them, God anoints us. How? Look at Ephesians chapter 6, beginning verse 10. Encouragement to all of us. One word, be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power and this is how this is what we need to do: put on the armor god's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil those thoughts you have to put in your journey we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world against evil spirits in the Put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of the truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil.
1: Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers
0: for all believers everywhere. You have a protection, but you just have to make sure you put it on every day. You can't skip a day because there's an enemy trying to mess you up. First John chapter 2, verse 20, the first part says, you have an anointing from the Holy God has his hand on you, Christian. And you should be so very thankful because you are protected. And what is the result of this protection? Your cup will overflow. On our prayer list, we've been praying for Mac and and Patty Hannah. Uh, And Mac's cancer is very serious and now the word incurable and uh, all of those things happen. And he's just one illustration of many people I can use, some in this room. But it is so neat to see with that enemy facing them, they're above it all. God has anointed them, taken care of them, and everything's going to be okay. Because has prepared an even better table for them in heaven. Suzanne, I'm so proud of you being here today. The last time Suzanne was in here was for the funeral of mother, which was quite the celebration, I might add. It was quite the celebration. And because of that, Because of that enemy of death, the last enemy to be destroyed, because death has come, you're still at the table and you're okay. And I just love those kinds of testimonies of people walking in being safe and being secure. That is wonderful. So our cup overflows as a result of that anointing. No matter what enemies are around us, we become more than conquerors. I got a picture in my head last night as I was thinking about this. Did you have any children say the words nanny nanny boo boo while they were atta- while they were pestering another child? Did you ever hear, say that, hear that? Okay, you I've got a picture in my head and the sheep looking at the enemies of God's people that are secure in their faith being able to look the devil in the eye and say, don't mess with me. I am protected. God has His hand on me. And you can't mess with me. And that's a wonderful place to be. And the world needs that so desperately. I had to do a funeral this week of a 38 year old. Uh, he died suddenly. And no connection to any church. But it was so fascinating. You know how the funeral home was, the print those little and they'll have the picture of somebody when they were born with yeah. And very often there's a filler page where they put a poem or something. You know what they put? The 23rd Psalm. They don't know too much, but they know now that God wants to be their shepherd. You'll see that a lot. Let me give you something to look forward to. And this is where we're going next week. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Does that describe your situation? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, every day. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh-huh. you got to come back and see how that's possible. Let's pray